live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studios, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones this hour, George Camel, Ramsey personality, co-host of Smart Money Happy Hour with the one and only Rachel Cruz on the Ramsey Networks and the new George Camel YouTube channel. My favorite part is the snark. You don't want to miss it. Check them all out. The phone number here is 888-825-5225. Daniela is with us in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hi, Daniela. How are you? Hi, good. Grateful to be here. Cool. How can we help? I'm currently house hunting, but I do not want an HOA because I want backyard chickens. However, in my price range, um, I can't really find anything that I like. I'm, I want to put 20% down, um, but I just want to know if I'm being too picky and how do I know if I have unrealistic expectations? Well, first thing that comes to mind is with an HOA, there's a bunch of clucks, but that doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> but, I knew uh, there was a pun in here. Somewhere. Yeah, there had to be something in here. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not a fan of HOAs, although I am in a few of them. Lord Jesus, pray for me. Help me. And um, yeah, I don't blame you. Uh, I'm not sure I want to buy a house based on chickens. But um, yeah, what's the heart behind the chicken ownership? Um, well, most of it is, yes, I don't want an HOA, and also I just um, want chickens, have their own eggs, eventually, you know, mini homestead sort of thing. Yeah, so you actually, what you you're looking land. for, you're actually looking for a small piece of ground and not in a neighborhood, more than the HOA issue. Because, I mean, you're not going to homestead and have uh, multiple farm animals in a suburban situation, even if they're is no HOA. They have stuff called codes, usually. Possibly. I just know that New Mexico's pretty lenient on that. That's My true. Parents That's true. In suburbs, you know, their neighbors, we have goats and chickens. And yeah, but neighbors aren't sorts. always real lenient. Right. I mean, a certain number of barn animals, farm animals in a non-farm situation will go away, but after a while, the neighbors are going to get... Whether you got a HOA or not, somebody's going to shoot your chickens. I mean, they just don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning. So, um, yeah, the uh, it is New Mexico, so it's a little bit like Tennessee. But the uh, uh, yeah, I think you're looking for a piece of ground. How much money have you got for your down payment? Um, I have seventy k. Good way to go. What do you make? Uh, I make it ranges, but in between eighty five to ninety six. Good for you, and you're single. I'm single. I'm 26 years old. Have you lived this farm life before? Oh, no. (laughs) Okay. You know what? We had a a Ramsey personality for a while that did this. Remember uh, Christy Wright's story? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's got a great story about when she was a farmer. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. That thing. You remember? And, yeah, uh, you got to be old. Look that one up. But, anyway, the, uh, um, hmm. You know what I would do? I would try to find a place that allows animals that has, like, five or ten acres and rent it for a year. And let's give this a shot before I invest based on the whole homestead farm animal thing when I've never done it. I might I might try that. Um, I, I recommend that sometimes in vacation home settings where someone says, you know, I've always wanted a beach house. And then they go rent there for a year and find out there's sand. Um, 
and on everything you touch for days there's sand and you can't get rid of the sand and they don't i don't want to live here so um yeah that that's what ends up happening so yeah i think i'd give this a run as a renter uh for a year and let's experiment and see if we do want to live out a little bit and have a little bit of acreage and as a 26 year old young lady be uh be running some farm animals around that might end up not being as fun and romantic as it sounds like yeah, and I would be working with a good real estate pro as well in your area who can find these pieces. And I mean, your options are going to be more limited, and so you've got to be okay with the consequences of that choice of going. I want a little piece of land, and here's what I want on it. Yeah, but I, I do think you're probably going to be uh, outside of suburbia. You're probably going to be just outside of town, so to speak, and um, you can do that. And and Albuquerque, that might not be a bad thing. Yeah, you know, it might not be a bad thing. Albuquerque is a great little town. Beautiful. But, but um, but but there's some pretty areas out there, particularly you head over towards Taos and all that. It's beautiful over towards the mountains. So uh, it starts to get expensive over there too, by the way. But yeah, yeah. So just um, but but anytime you've got activities other than just normal shelter involved in your housing, like farm or whatever, then, then let let's. I always suggest giving her a little rent and give her a little try. Well, our pal Christie's story was that. she got fed up with it in about two years. Yeah, if I recall. Well, and Doctor John Deloney had some chickens, and he just told me there was some kind of like rat infestation. They had to get rid of the chickens, and so his his that was dream just of, the other day. Yeah, his dream of chicken ownership is gone I too. I have no. Well, it's that's I, I'm, that's not a credible source though. John Deloney. <laughs> John and chickens. That's not that's not credible. I take all of his stories with a grain of salt. I think, um, well, yeah, rat infest. Yeah, yeah. So who gets that? Deloney. But I the, didn't know uh, that was a thing. Uh, but yeah, Christie's was. I think hers was valid. I mean, she just ran farm animals and got tired of it, and then decided I wanted to be like in the city again. And so, mm-hmm. I'm. I think she was glad she didn't own it. Yes, this is the end of the story. So, um, if I recall, I remember hearing the story a few times. So um, that's where we'll go. That's how I would look at it. Thank you for the call. Tim is in Detroit. Hi, Tim. How are you? Good. How about you guys? Better than we deserve, sir. How can we help? Well, I'm about seventy-five or eighty thousand in debt, uh, mixed between uh, car, credit cards, consumer debt, uh, mostly vehicle payment. Um, this is all not including the house, and looking for your advice on how to get out of it. Okay. How much do you owe on the car? Uh, roughly thirty-eight thousand. What do you make? Uh, I bring home about eleven hundred a week. Uh, it fluctuates a little bit, but uh, eleven hundred is about average. Sell the car. Okay. It's completely insane. Um, I agree. Yeah, you bought way too much car. It's not brought you the joy that you wanted it to bring you. It's brought you more stress. Now, there's times when you sit in it and turn the key. It's joyful for a moment, but then when you remember the payment, it makes you want to throw up a little in your mouth. No. Uh, question for getting rid of it is um i've got i think i've I've heard in the past you recommend getting a personal loan to pay off the difference in what it's worth Mm -hmm. um is that what you would recommend doing or what's it it worth 401k no what's it Uh, worth worth about about twenty eight thousand. who said no that's what kelly blue book said on private sale or trade-in i believe that was private okay how long you had this car Uh, about uh, just over a year. Did you roll negative equity into it? I did. Yeah, okay. That's not the way you get that far in that fast. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you already had the name. I, I would get a personal loan at the credit union for ten grand, and I would sell this puppy and get you a hoopty. That's a good start because you got a $750, $800 car payment, and you make fifty grand a year. Uh, this is no fun. This is not the definition of fun. I want you to get your life back, man. And drive like no one else so later you can drive like no one else. Let's get you where you're not broke anymore and then get you a good car. That's how I would do it. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, guys, it's Rachel Cruz here to tell you about a faith-based alternative to health insurance that can make health care more affordable. Christian Healthcare Ministries. CHM allows members to share each other's healthcare costs, and it's as easy as one, two, three. Step one, choose the healthcare provider you want. Step two, submit your eligible bills. And step three, get reimbursed. CHM members take care of your eligible medical bills. With no network and the freedom to choose your healthcare provider, CHM is the best option for Christians who want to take care of their families and help other believers. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Well, we just finished the best Entree Leadership Summit week we have ever done last week. It was off the chain. And the weird thing is, I can honestly say the only one better is going to be next year's. Um, And it's going to be. I am uh, absolutely thrilled to announce and a large number of these tickets are already sold, and I think the hotel that we're going to is already sold out. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and announce this anyway. Entree Leadership Summit, which is possibly the premier leadership conference in America today, we happen to do it, but it's so good that if I wasn't doing it, I would go as an attendee. It's amazing. It's really, really good. If you're a business leader, investing in your own growth is something you do. Our friend John Maxwell says leadership is the uh, leadership ability is the lid that determines a person's level of effectiveness. You got to invest in yourself if you want to grow in leadership. And um, the premier conference next year, Entree Leadership, you're going to be challenged. Listen to this. Top minds. James Clear of Atomic Habits. Craig Groeschel of Life Church, Mike Rowe of Deadliest Catch and Dirty Jobs. Carrie Lorenz. Carrie was the first female fighter pilot in American history, and she is a motivational machine. She's something else. And uh, I'm going to speak to Dave Ramsey, uh, Dr. John Deloney, Ken Coleman. Next year's summit will be our 10th year anniversary. We're taking over the Gaylord Texan in Dallas to celebrate. If you want to grow and you want to be there, uh, you need to go right now. Uh, I think the platinum tickets are gone. The preferred are almost gone. I think the hotel rooms are gone. Uh, there was only a, there, there was less than 900 left the other day, and I'm pretty sure we sold them out. But not maybe not. I don't know. You can check. Go to RamseySolutions.com slash summit, April 21 through 24, next year. And it's on sale right now. It goes on sale today to the public, so you're the first public to hear about this. RamseySolutions.com slash summit. Andrea is with us in Des Moines, Iowa. Did I push the wrong button? I did. Andrea is in Des Moines, Iowa. How are you, Andrea? I'm great. Thank you so much for taking my call, Dave and George. Sure. What's up? So my question is, we're in baby step seven, and I was wondering if it's okay or if it's violating the principles to get go back into debt for a mortgage to uh, get a bigger house. So the situation is, um, I've started working again. Our household income went up. $70,000. So we're at about $200,000 annual income. We have a, a net worth of about $800,000 and our more, our, not our mortgage, our 
primary residence, our only residence, is worth 350 about. And we have a, over our emergency fund about $100,000 in savings. And you want to so, move from 350 um, to what? To about 750 or 800. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, our current house is like 1,300 square feet plus 1,100 square feet finished basement, and we have five kids. Okay. Um, well, there's not a, uh, a principle in the Ramsey process or baby steps that prevents you from doing that as long as the payment's no more than a fourth of your take-home pay uh, right. on, on a 15-year fixed. Um, I, I got sh- to share with you the truth. Though. I mean, you make $200,000 a year. Sure. You have $100,000 saved. You have three hundred fifty. dollars so that's four fifty. dollars um, 550 650 750 you can do this in three years if you just save it and um okay i i i personally you know would you you, delay investing for that to save it um i mean you got you have an eight hundred thousand dollar net worth at what age 41 yeah you can if you want I, i i would have to figure it out because i don't borrow money and it would be particularly hard for me to go back into debt once I had received personally, this is just a personal observation, not a not a not a not a discussion of the baby steps or the principles. The principles are you can go do it as long as you do it on fifteen year. But I just couldn't do right. it emotionally. I just couldn't put myself yeah. back in there. I I, I I value my freedom more than I do my style of living, standard of living. See, yeah, that's where we're at. My husband is on team. What would Dave do? And I'm on team. Dave wouldn't yell at me. Yeah. Well, Dave's not going to yell. <laughs> Dave's not going to yell at either one of you. You're rock stars. I mean, you're amazing. Oh, you can't say rock stars anymore after the commercials, but yeah, but anyway, <laughs> you're, you're amazing. You're fabulous. And, and you've done a great job. You're, you've got a, you know, approaching a million dollar net worth. You're making $200,000 a year. You got five kids. Everything's paid for. There's no Dave yell at you anywhere. Thank but you. I just got it. I would be sad because I just couldn't do it emotionally. Gotcha. I just, it would just, it makes my stomach hurt a little bit thinking about it. And um, that mortgage would be, we're talking a $400,000 mortgage. So that's, that's sizable. That's more you than your, the house is worth. They put down 400 after fees. You wait till spring, maybe 300, but still. And, but then you could pay it off in three years. That would be the goal. If, if they did this move, it would be how fast can we pay this off? Yeah. To get put, back put it to on, you know, hundred thousand dollars a year because you just increased your household income by seventy the other day. Mm-hmm. So I think you could put a hundred a year on this and probably still do investing. But I, I, I would have to, and if you were saving to buy, well, how how deep would you sacrifice mm. to save up to pay cash so that you could do it in two and a half years rather than four and a half years? You know, if you just put a little thermometer, a savings thermometer on the refrigerator and you colored it in, right? Made it a big goal. How fast could we get there? Because that's honestly how we do everything. Uh, we can't do it until we can see how we can pay for it because we don't borrow money because I just can't go back to having anything in my mailbox or my inbox that looks like a bank. No more payments. I just can't do it. Just life is too good. I've been free for too long. Mm. I mean, is, is a little bit of slavery okay? Would you yell at me for some slavery? No, I'm not going to yell at you, but I'll be sad for your slavery. Yeah. Well, once you live without that payment, I mean, it's it it's feels not so what good. would Dave do. That's not the point. It's not me. I mean, it's, it's, you know, why did you do all this work to get to here and then want to go back after you got here? I just, it feels like we're, it feels like we're, 
you know, you know, I lost 600 pounds. Is it okay to eat a box of donuts? Yeah, but probably not going to give you what you thought it was going to give you, you know? Mm. And it's just um, probably not going to feel good when you finish. You're probably going to wake up with like a sugar hangover. A little regret. Yeah, it could happen. You know, I haven't, I haven't had a drink in 10 years. I used to be an alcoholic, but I think I'm going to try some bourbon tonight. You know I mean? I just don't get it. It's, <laughs> it's dangerous. It's, I, don't, I don't know if those metaphors play or not. I'm sorry for you people in the addiction field. But, yeah, oh, my gosh, yeah. But there's something there. I just um, – and it's – Y'all don't need my permission out there or George's permission to do stuff. We're just trying to give you principles and guidelines that are your shortest, best route to a great life of wealth and prosperity. We want you to be there, and we want you to stay there when you get there. So I don't know. I, I'm, uh, But, yeah, technically, we don't tell people. Um, if you wanted to go upgrade the house and take on a 15-year. People do it all the time. They do it all the time. And then they turn around. But I got to tell you, you're probably going to hate it so much. You're probably going to go bananas and pay it off really, really fast because it's probably going to drive you, drive you. Which again, if you stay there with five kids, you're going to want to save up really fast to go. We got to upgrade this thing. So either way, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the way we do it is it, and either what happens is we either get increasingly motivated and cut deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper to get to things sooner or to get to that goal sooner, or we, um, or we get decreasingly motivated and we realize we didn't want it and we abandon the goal. One of the two, the last time we did this that I can remember where we cut at the Ramsey place really, really, really deep, uh, was about, gosh, I'm trying to think it's probably 15 years ago when we bought what is financial peace plaza. Oh yeah. Our old headquarters, our old headquarters. And I bought that building for $5 million and it was the first time I had bought something that expensive. And there was a and, timeline to that, right? Yeah, and I had I had to I had to close it by a certain date. I had an option on it. And if I didn't close it by that date, I was not gonna get it. And by the time the date was up, the building was worth thirteen million and I had it tied up at five. Wow. So I had eight million dollars on the table. That's some incentive. That I was gonna walk away from if I didn't come up with the money, but I wasn't willing to borrow it. Man, we, we scratched every nickel out of the corner of the couch. We turned couches upside down and shook them. You did a GoFundMe before it I wasn't mean, cool. I mean, we did everything, and we barely closed on that building. But it wow. was. But I would have walked before I went into debt. I would have walked away from it. You're crazy, Ramsey. Yeah, crazy like a fox. This is the Ramsey Show. George Camel, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host. Common sense here. It's so rare now that having it is like having a superpower. Vivian is with us in San Antonio, Texas. Hi, Vivian. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Better than we deserve. What's up? So I'm an undergrad student right now, and I found you guys through my sister about a year and a half ago. So I actually just recently started listening to you guys every morning. And well, so my thank question you. Is, is that, oh, um, thank you. You guys have really taught me a lot. And it's kind of made me a little bit more aware of my financial situation. And I plan to go to medical school in 2025. And I'm unsure where I want to go right now. But Texas seems to be the best bet just because it could be cheaper. And I, I like Texas overall. So I want to feel more confident in my financial, uh, my financial situation. So my question is, how can I set myself up for success knowing that I have about $40,000 in undergrad debt right now while I plan to go to medical school? Wow. Good for you. 
And so you're currently working on your undergrad? Yes. Okay. How's your GPA? It's good. So well, I'm hoping to get my science GPA up a little bit more to be more competitive to kind of have more options for medical school. Yeah, you're gonna need four. You're gonna need a four O, aren't you? Well, yes, basically. I yeah. mean, that's the goal of trying to get as high as possible. Yeah. Okay, that's why I asked. And uh, how much do you have left in your undergrad? I have one semester left. I'll be graduating next fall. And you, so you'll graduate this Christmas, right? Yeah. Are you going this summer and you're graduating in September? What are you saying? I'm sorry? You're, you're going to graduate this coming September or this coming December? December. Okay. All right. So about six months from now, you're going to be done. And that's 2024 and then 2025 is med school. What's the gap? The gap is just to kind of get some money together that way and build up my resume. That way I can actually be more competitive, like volunteering, getting shadowing experience and Good getting for you. Um, Good for you. Just like a pile of money. Very, very well done. I love your, I, I love your plan. Enough. Love your plan. And you're going to clear Thank the 40 you. grand while you're doing that. You can clear that living on nothing. Can you live at your parents' house while you're doing all this? No, my parents actually live in a different state, so I'm on my own over here. Oh, okay. But uh, okay. I do have low rent, so that's something that has been going for yeah. me lately. And, you, and you're not afraid of work, and you are a planner. I like this conversation so yeah. far. So no. what is med school going to cost? I'm not sure. So usually they say, um, let me see here. So there's only two places in San Antonio, but mostly I would say it's about, it can be up to like 30000 a year, or no, it was 50000 a year or so. Depending mm-hmm. on the place I go, I'm hoping that I can go to a place that has like maybe 30000 and that way it won't be so much. And plus, mm-hmm. San Antonio has low cost of living, thank God. Mm-hmm. So that way I can hopefully just get things under the belt. It's a great city. You're in a great place. So um, all that's a good plan. Um, well, the, the thing I want to do is, is exactly what you're doing. Um, to start with, most people who uh, are, are want to go into medical school are so desperate to go to medical school that if someone accepts them regardless of the cost they go oh that's it god it god is here i'm going you know and so instead you're going i think i'm going to shop for a better deal i like your plan a whole lot better yeah it's a much better attitude a much better approach that's going to save you 150 or 200 thousand dollars your attitude will yes i'm hoping so no it will it will because you're not going to do it if you don't. And so we're going to pile up a pile of money. We're going to clear the 40 grand during the gap year. Um, we're going to apply and until we get into a place that is the least possible expensive to get a medical degree, which, um, by the way, that doesn't hurt you. I've been to a lot of doctors in my life. I have never once asked one where they went to med school. Never That's once. something that has been like making me a little nervous of the top-notch schools that people kind of yeah, say, oh, so what? You go here, you have better resources. Yeah, and maybe. Kind of That's mostly just them. marketing. That's mostly I can't of, even yeah. read the font on the frame in my doctor's office. <laughs> okay, let alone figure <laughs> out where he went. He just has good bedside manner, and I trust him. Yeah, and that's it all depends that on, I mean, obviously, if you're going to do research in some kind of muckety-muck situation where you go to school, it might matter. But if you're going to practice medicine, um, no one asked the nurse. No one asked the lab tech. 
No one asked the anesthesiologist right before they stick in the needle where they where they trained. They just go, are you going to kill me or are you going to heal me? That's all we want to know. Yes. Right. And so that, that all joking aside, that's the most overstated bunch of garbage in the world where you went to law school or where you went to med school. Sorry, boys and girls, but there's life. And now, so you're going to go where you can afford to go the most. Now, so we've at, at a minimum, you have limited your student loans to almost nothing. The second thing. The second component of that, I think, is already built into your plan after talking to you because you're wise beyond your years, is, is that a whole lot of people, when they're doing graduate work, um, feel like uh, there's no reason not to borrow the money because they're going to make a lot of money later. And so they they about as much as 50% of student loan debt, undergrad and grad, goes to lifestyle, not to education. So people spend yeah. like they're in Congress when they're in school. And, uh, you know, used to when you went to school, you lived like a poor man's life while you were getting your school and you're just trying to scrape together the nickels for the tuition. Now we borrow enough to rent the apartment with a skylight, a jacuzzi and a racquetball court. And all oh, they may need to have pickleball these days, too. So um, but yeah, that all that and none of that, Matt, none of that has anything to do with getting your medical degree. So you've already kind of got a lifestyle thing going. If you keep that going, you don't borrow money to eat. If you borrow money at all, it's a few nickels that you couldn't rub together for something else. And I don't recommend that, but uh, that's at least going to limit the damage that this does and the t- how long it takes the patient to recover, to stretch a metaphor. So um, then the last thing I'll tell you is this. Is I would talk to every medical establishment I could there's a shortage of docs, particularly in certain types of practices and service. If you agreed to work for hospital company of whatever, and you named it, uh, and and you agreed to work in their hospital that was in a rural environment for three years after graduation, and they paid you very well for working there, but you agreed to work in a place where they have trouble getting docs, they might scholarship you. Okay. I'm going to go shopping on stuff like that because there's such a problem post-COVID with uh, medical folk, particularly in what we call underserved areas, which would be rural areas and inner city areas. They can't get nurses. They can't get docs. And so the HCA, I'm sorry, go ahead. I also have a question. So I do have a Roth IRA that I haven't been contributing. I started it. No, you're you're a better investment. Put, Put all the money in you. Okay. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. should I even be putting any money no. or should I just leave the amount that I have and just focus on debt? Exactly. Myself? Exactly. Leave it. And let's completely focus everything on this singular goal. Because the good news is if you can graduate and pass your boards and you're a doc, you're going to make when, really when good money if you're smart and you're smart. You're going to be someone who maximizes this education and turns it, monetizes it, turns it into a good return. Yeah, these, especially with med school, it's like the people who say, well, Dave, I live in California. The math doesn't apply here. The same mentality happens with folks going to med school. They go, well, your plan's out the window. I'm going to go in as much debt as I need to. Blank check, monopoly money. We'll figure it out later. Well, I mean, the number of times in 30 years I've talked to someone, like not that long ago, a lady called, she's 32 years old, medical doctor, making 250000 a year. She, was, she had a new baby, special needs. Mm. She wants to quit. But she's got $400,000 in debt. 
she wants to quit take care of her new special needs baby but she's got four hundred thousand dollars in debt see life doesn't exactly roll out the way that you it, this idea that if i borrow money it's all going to be okay because i'm going to make money yeah maybe uh, until dot 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 called life you know and so th- that's the problem with the assumption on this stuff assumptions yeah those are dangerous mm. this is the ramsey show Our scripture of the day, John fifteen thirteen. greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Mark Twain said, the trouble is not dying for a friend, but in finding a friend worth dying for. <laughs> he has a way with words, that Twain. <laughs> oh, that's wrong. Heather's in Phoenix, Arizona. Hi, Heather. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hello. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. What's up? So um, my husband and I are on baby step two, um, but he's made it clear that once our debt is paid off, he doesn't want to close the cards. um, And I just feel like it's completely unnecessary because we have six credit cards. um, And his argument is, as long as we stick to the budget, you know, we'll be fine. He uses miles and points um, with certain cards and it's just chaotic to me to track all of those payment deductions. Um, and so we're kind of at a disagreement there. Um, I don't really know what to do. Sell the husband. (laughs) (laughs) That easy. Wonder what we could get for him. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you could wonder could you get can you get miles on that transaction? Oh, my gosh, Heather. I'm sorry. How long y'all been married? Uh, eight years. Okay. How long have you been working on this? Um, two weeks. Um, we did do the, well, I did the baby step two in um, three years ago um, and paid off $50,000 of credit card debt by myself in one year because mm-hmm. um, he had lost his job. But um, then uh, I'm kicking myself because I didn't go beyond that step. And um, he lost his job again in April, Mm -hmm. and we're still in the same place where we have less credit card debt, but we're not really, um, you know, we didn't really go beyond that. So we didn't have the three to six months of living expenses. Um, We had bought a new car last year, which I'm now mad about but um so let me let me just tell you let me tell you what i hear yeah okay when i first started talking to you i thought i heard it and now that i've heard a little more i'm positive i heard it in your voice when you're talking about him and his behaviors i hear fear his Mm -hmm. behaviors are terrifying you because his job is irregular his principles for handling money are stupid and they're leaving you at mm-hmm. risk, and you know it. And it it doesn't make you mad. It it scares you. Yeah. You don't feel safe. Totally. Yeah. So this, this is not about this is not about credit card. Yeah, this is not about credit cards. This is about marriage. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know exactly what'll fix this. Um, it is not unusual. 
for couples to disagree about everything, including money. If Larry Burkett used to used to say, "Opposites attract," and if one of you, uh, if you're just alike, one of you is unnecessary. So it's okay that you're opposites. And uh, how old is he? Thirty-five. We're both thirty-five. Okay. So when I was twenty-five, I was him. Mm-hmm. Sharon didn't get a voice. She didn't get a vote. I was smarter than everybody, and I did whatever the flip I wanted to do, and she felt very unsafe. Not physically unsafe, not like I was abusive. That's not what we're talking about. And she had a reason to feel unsafe because it wasn't long after that that we went completely bankrupt because I was a moron, okay? (laughs) That's how I can hear this sound in your voice because I've heard it at home a long, long time ago, 30-plus years ago now, okay? So um, I'm telling you all that to say you're not wrong, but I'm not also asking you to be mean. But I am telling you that this is not a sustainable relationship the way it's working now. It will not end well if we don't repair and develop a better method of negotiating things in your house. Um, And so uh, worst case, not, not worst case, but a case, an element could be marriage counseling. That wouldn't be a bad thing. By the way, it helped me considerably. Um, the, the, the actual facts around the issues are, are very easy to dispute, but I don't think the, that we're dealing with facts here. I think we're dealing with he has an opinion, and he really doesn't want you to have a vote, and you watch his opinions play out, and they're terrifying you. Uh, because he's so wrong, he keeps messing everything up. And so, um, you know, it, it's laughable that you guys are in financial trouble because of his um, uh, instability in his career, and yet he has a plan to make everybody rich with airline miles. That's humorous. It's so yeah. dumb. So, yeah. the I mean, really. This, no, I so, agree. The you know, credit card company's marketing is working. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's like – I, I always laugh and say, you know, I hired a personal trainer. He has an eight-pack, and I have a keg, but but I'm not going to listen to him. But I'm not going to listen to him. Why, why would I listen to this guy? I've got it all. I'm my, obviously, based on my physique, I have it all figured out. I mean, that's ridiculous. So, I, no, I've got to listen to Mr. Eight-Pack, and if he says eat carrots and not donuts, Bubba, you need to eat carrots and not donuts, Bubba, or you're not going to get count. one of these. You're going to keep that thing on the front of you. And so, you know, I mean, this is how this works. It's not you have to submit yourself to the actual facts. So um, I, we'll, I want to give you Financial Peace University because I love your husband because I remember him well. He lives deep inside of me. And um I want to help him, and I want the Thank two you. of you to go through that class together. I'm going to pay for it. No cost to you guys. All I ask is is that you talk him into watching the videos and going through the class with you and tell him to shut Absolutely. up and listen. <laughs> Absolutely. I Thank you so much. I, I know yeah. it will help. It'll help, but it, it, it and I might, you know, the lessons are really good, and they might get through. And that might be all it takes, but you also may need to sit down with your pastor or with a good marriage counselor and you guys work on your uh, communication style because we've been married, Sharon, I've been married 41 years and she laughingly says, uh, you know, that somewhere around 36 of those were excellent. (laughs) That's a pretty good track record. (laughs) So, uh, and I think I know where the other ones were. They were back there in the early days. And so, yeah, when, 
Uh, she found her voice, she says, and, well, by God, she did. There's no question about that. But <laughs> We love her for it. She yeah. now gets two votes. <laughs> she used to only have no votes, so now she gets two. But, yeah, but the uh, uh, anyway, we're joke about that. But that's it's a, it's a good thing for us to be on. She and I, I had to learn this proverb, who can find a virtuous wife for her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her and he will have no lack of gain. So if Sharon has a bad feeling about something, and she's from the hills of East Tennessee, it's a seven-syllable word, a feeling. If she has a bad feeling about something, we don't do it because it costs me a minimum of ten grand. Mm-hmm. Not because I have to pay her that, but because I'm getting ready to do something stupid with money is what that means. We don't give to a charity, a ministry, that we both are not in agreement on and have peace to we don't make major purchases that we're not in agreement and have peace about we don't go and buy a car and come home and say look what i did honey or you got to go along with my stupid stuff just to prove you love me we don't do this we have peace about these major moves and then we make wise major moves and it's caused us to become wealthy healthy and wise one of the most beautiful parts about marriage is accountability and unity and one of the hardest parts about marriage is accountability and unity. And for eight years, you guys have not been on the same page. You haven't had a vision for the future. It's just been his schemes and his plans while you sit back and take the brunt of this. And you need to be very clear with him that you are scared. This is not okay. I don't think this is an intellectual discussion about credit card wards. No. This is way deeper than that. This is just a symptom for something much deeper. And uh, go through the financial peace course, every lesson, and really make him watch and see if you guys can get on a plan and gain and, that and listen if, if he listens to this and it pisses him off tell him to call me I'll be happy to talk to him that would be fun I'd love to talk to him I don't no know I mean I'm not mad at him has I'll, that happened I'll, before you get I'll, the spouse to call him I'll later I'll help him I'll help him I'll be happy to help him hey Skyler uh, pick up and help them get to Financial Peace University that puts this hour in the books I'm Dave Ramsey your host we'll be back with you before you know it in the meantime remember there's ultimately only one way to financial peace and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace Christ Jesus Hey, George Camel here. If you love the show and you want a deeper dive on your money journey, we've got a weekly newsletter that gives you helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for the newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.